Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, a weekly podcast where Sarah and I talk about the ups and downs and ins and outs of a squiggly career and share with you some ideas for action, some practical things you can do after you listen today to support you with your career development. And this is our final episode of the Squiggly Careers podcast for 2022. Yeah, I know, that sounded dramatic. That's it. (laughs) We're going out with a bang. But before we do talk about today's episode, we wanted to start by saying, thank you we have such a brilliant group of people who listen to our podcast every week who send us messages telling us what's worked for them who share it with other people who share it in their organizations with their friends with their family I do love seeing those Spotify lists that come up with like what you've been listening to and when you see the Squiggly Critters podcast alongside I have to say some absolutely brilliant podcast I also listen to that I know have a lot more listeners than us it does always make me feel really proud and also just incredibly thankful because we know that our listeners keep coming back that you keep listening you know everybody has got choices to make about how you spend your time and the fact that you choose to spend your listening time with us is something that we will never take for granted and that's why we are going to keep going so yeah there is no end in sight (laughs) (laughs) well I also really respect it from a learning point of view because sometimes I find it hard to prioritize prioritize listening to podcasts like I love listening and learning from podcasts but I don't always find a time to do it in my week so when I see people who've made us their priority I also think they've made their career development a priority too and I just respect that because that means week after week they've made some time to learn and I think that's a big like pat on the back for doing that as well regardless of whether it's with us or another podcast that helps you with work I think that's an important commitment to make to your career. So this week's podcast is about reflecting on 2022 and it's how to look back to look forward. So how to reflect on your year, but also to use that to propel you to make some positive progress ready for 2023. And one of the things to say in terms of the way we structured today's podcast is we really hope we have come up with some questions that you will all be able to use for yourself so you are about to hear quite a lot from us perhaps in a way that you don't usually on the podcast because we are going to talk about our years to bring these to life 
But in the pod sheet, you'll be able to get all of these questions. You can just follow this format for yourself. So that's the first thing. The second thing that both Helen and I have found as we've prepared for this podcast is watch out for recency bias. It is really hard when you're doing this to not just think about basically like the last week or the last month. And so I literally went back to my calendar at the start of the year and just sort of did a quick skim through like, okay, well, what was happening in January? What was happening in February? To try and improve basically the quality of my reflections because I could sort of spot that that was happening. And then Helen and I were even chatting before we got started and saying, we think this format actually is probably most useful if you use it more frequently, more like quarterly. And then if you've got quarterly reflections to come back to at this point at the end of the year, I think your self-awareness would be even better. So it's just two things that we found because actually some of these questions are, I mean, I wrote these questions and they are not easy. Uh, So we've got some quick fire questions and finish these sentence Mm -hmm. statements to start with which are just going to warm us up. Helen and I don't share beforehand what we're going to say in response to these, so it'll be interesting. And then we have got sort of coaching questions around strengths, values, confidence, networking, and possibilities. So those five skills to succeed in a squiggly career, we've taken each of those and we've thought, how would you usefully look back to look forward on each of those? So Helen, are you ready for the quick fire questions? I am ready. I've cut and pasted all of Sarah's questions into a separate Word document so I could fill it out and not give it away. So we'll see whether she's still talking to me after this. So I'm going to ask Helen the quick fire questions, then she's going to reciprocate and ask me. And then we can't resist but talk a little bit about them in a bit more detail, I think. And then we'll do the finish the sentence statements and and follow that same format. (laughs) Right, you ready? It will all make sense, everyone. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. One word to describe your year. Stretchy. Ooh, one word to describe amazing ifs year. Expanding. One word to describe, I wrote each other, but basically me. (laughs) Do you want some love? Perspective. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Okay, one word to describe your year. Roller coaster. One word to describe amazing ifs year. Growth. One word to describe me. Supportive. Ah, oh, that was nearly my word for you. And I was like, oh. oh, I always say supportive. I feel like I want to a different like, word. But that was my first word for you. How funny. How funny. So your first, your roller coaster word then. Do you wanna, and you, you were stretchy. I was stretchy, yeah. How easy or difficult did you find it to come up with your word? I found it quite hard, actually, because this year has just been really, really stretchy at, at times to the point of like, oh, I feel like I'm stretched too far either Mm. because of some challenges that we were going through or the demands on our time or the things that I was trying to do outside of work at the same time as inside of work. So I found it hard. I didn't want to be negative about the year, but also (laughs) it hasn't all been sunshine and laughter. Like there's been some hard, so stretchy was the word I felt that just sort of got that across. Your roller coaster. At least it wasn't snapped. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're like stretchy, but it didn't quite snap. (laughs) Nearly, but didn't quite. Broken. (laughs) That that was the one I crossed out. So you had roller coaster. Yeah, and I mean, I don't like going on roller coasters. So, <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, very similar sentiments to you. And I think what it made me realise is I am somebody who I actually enjoy change. I love newness. I like doing things differently. I definitely also like to feel like I'm in control of those things. And I think this year for me has felt almost like, even like the highs, it's too high and lowy for my liking. I think I am pragmatic, I'm calm, I like to be in control. And there are things like personally and at work as well, where you're just like, I didn't feel like I was, 
you know, driving that roller coaster. As one of our listeners pointed out to us, I think we used a roller coaster as an analogy in a previous episode, and we'd said about driving. Do you feel like you're driving it? And he was like, you do realize you don't really drive a roller coaster. <laughs> but when I'm thinking about that roller coaster, I definitely feel like I'm riding it, you know, rather than at the front going, oh, now I'm choosing to go in that direction, and now I'm choosing to go in this direction. There have been moments where I've sort of edged forward. You sort of feel like you're making some good choices and doing some things that are smart that are going to help you with inevitable and ups and downs because you can't, you know, it's never going to be all smooth sailing. We sort of know that. But I think the last two or three years, which have been challenging for everybody, I wonder, you know, like for some people, maybe like 2020 when we had our first lockdowns or then 2021 where then it felt like we were a bit on repeat, but even more uncertainty. Then you've had 2022 where there's been, someone said to me about compound uncertainty the other day and I was like, yeah. yeah, there has been a lot of that. And if I think about the last three years, this has been my hardest year of the I last three years. I always think for us, it's almost like compound challenge. Like mm. start of the pandemic, we pivoted. And then the second year, so 2021, was we were kind of experimenting with growth in a few different areas, which is interesting. And then this year, we've sort of had some growing pains, I think. Like mm. that's what it sort of felt like. And it's not, I don't think it's bad. I think we probably would have always had it, but I think we've just really experienced it this year. And then- Obviously, we've both had some stuff personally going on that is just, I think that space you need to reset, to cope with that, hasn't been there. And so it's been like challenging work, challenge outside of work. Someone said to me that at some point when you're running your own business, you go through your teenage years, you know, like Adrian (laughs) Mole's diaries. It really reminded me of that. You know, those like, it's a bit awkward and it's, you know, things are changing. You're trying to figure stuff out. And you do have growing pains, don't you? And you're like, that's how I think it's kind of felt a little bit for us at times. And then that's why those last words are so important because perhaps if I didn't have perspective and if you weren't supportive, perhaps at times you would have snapped. Mm. I think we came close a couple Mm. of times, which I'm sure we'll talk about. (laughs) I think there were two quite obvious moments during the year where you sort of snapped and I sort of snapped at different times and places. And, you know, if anything, I think it's good that you can laugh about them. And also that whole point about it it is okay sometimes to be like, well, no, that's felt really difficult. But let's do the next bit because the next questions, I think, are slightly more upbeat because I feel like we've started on a real downer. (laughs) Okay, you know, real. real. How's your year been? Um... (laughs) Uh, Quite hard. Uh, Okay, right. I'll ask you these first and then you can just me. Okay, You had the most fun at work when? When we went away as a team. So as somebody actually who doesn't really like going away with other people particularly, (laughs) I was quite surprised by how much fun I had. I think it reminded me of what we were building, of why we do what we do. I loved learning more about our team. I do think you connect with people in a different way when you're sort of in like an immersed environment. We went away and like for a night and you'd sort of discouraged me from putting too much work on the agenda so I'm always really tempted in those moments to be like right how do we need to spend our time together and it to be quite work focused and we had very intentionally and you'd sort of talked me down from having too much work we had some learning we did a brilliant workshop with uh, Amy and Nicola from Good Shout and we learned a bit about like copywriting and just writing generally and that was amazing but again that felt like a team experience it felt like a learning experience and I think I just look back on those couple of days as a really important part of our year and that didn't feel like growing pains that felt like good growth and one of the things I've been thinking a lot about recently is you know because everybody's always obsessed with growth and I think growing is important for us but sort of good growth is important for us and being really clear about what that looks like and that just felt like a like we were sort of growing together 
And for the first time, it felt like we were sort of making this transition away from it being you and I to like a all of us. There's a weeness here that we've never had before. I loved the fact there was some learning. I liked the fact there was chat over food, that also there was time for people to be by themselves. There's also some quite difficult moments in that couple of days, uh, which we, we may or may not talk about because it's more your moment to share whether you want to or not. But I still look back on that and think, I had a lot of fun and I sort of, fun for me is probably slightly different for fun for you, but I found that fun. I'm going to hold that moment because I will come okay. back to it with, very, with a different context. There was a spent time with the team. So your second question to finish this sentence, what surprised you was? How many applications we had for some of the jobs that we advertised this year and connected to that, how small changes to a recruitment process can make a really big difference. So we put a lot of effort into thinking about how we were going to recruit. We shared interview questions beforehand that had a way bigger impact than I'd imagined in terms of people feeling like they could be at their best in those interviews. We created some questions as part of the application process, asking people to share what they were proud of and some of their strengths. And we just had so so much positive feedback on just the process, people enjoying applying for that role. And I thought that's amazing that we can make it something that people enjoy doing, whether they get an interview or whether they're successful or not. I think people felt like it was helpful for them. So I was really proud of how we did that. And just the number of applications that we got where people were talking about how excited and energised they would be by the prospect of working with us. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was really nice. Even people that didn't get the role that then got in touch about how positive about the experience it was lovely. Last but not least, to finish the sentence, a new connection that you've been inspired by was? So I found this one really hard which I think is a reflection potentially also on how I've spent my time over the past year. And I can think of a couple of recent connections who I've been really inspired by, back to that recency bias. So I've mm. had a couple of Ask the Expert interviews for the podcast, Sharma Dean Reed and David Erickson. That David Erickson's episode's coming up in January, so people won't have heard that yet. Both of those conversations I came away from just feeling like brilliant. Just almost like, you know, when your brain is on fire in a brilliant way. And both of those people you know, the conversation had gone on, it had felt sort of intense and interesting and, you know, lots of sparks going in all sorts of different directions because they were both kind of individually brilliant. And it sort of reminded me of the importance of those kinds of conversations, how much energy they give me, how much I enjoy them. But I think a lot of my new connections this year have been almost through those Ask the Expert conversations. There have been some moments when I've done a slightly better job of some curious career conversations that I'll talk about a bit later when we get to network but almost like a new connection outside of our Ask the Expert podcast. I actually really struggled to, and I can't work out whether it's because I can't remember, you know, almost like because of that point about going back and trying to Mm. think about all the people that you've spoken to or just whether I have never spent enough time doing that this year. Yeah, I agree on the Ask the Experts. I sort of miss doing those a bit this year. And the more the year has gone on, the more I've realised what the gap that creates is or you don't have them. Mm. Okay, should we swap? Ready? Yeah. Uh, You had the most fun when? We're filming together. <laughs> We've done quite a lot of filming that we have. And do you know the one I really remember? Sarah and I have uh, recorded a video book for the Squiggly Career, which we'll talk more about very soon. We had to do some like late night filming in a studio. <laughs> and it's really weird because sometimes it's not what you want to do when you've been at work all day doing something else. It's like, okay, we're going to go to a studio. But there's Sarah and I actually don't spend lots of time together which might sound really weird because if you listen to the podcast you must think we always together you talk to each other every week but this is probably one of the few moments that we have a chat with each other quite so openly and curiously about where our heads are on a topic in the week we're both 
you know often working quite independently and keeping in touch via whatsapp with what's going on but when we're filming i feel like i don't know there are funny moments we're sort of quite there's quite a lot of swearing moments there's quite a lot of swearing moments we get through it and then we sort of give ourselves a little high five when it's done but i've just really enjoyed when i think about the year they have been some of my most memorable (laughs) times as some of the studio sometimes quite cold Sometimes quite always sweary. Cold. Always My cold. My studio's always cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then normally at the end of the day, then I stick a camera in Sarah's face because I'm like, I need some content for social. And at that point, I get really angry because <laughs> I've reached my limit of how much I want to be in front of a camera. And then you're like, let's say happy Christmas and do a Christmas book competition. And at that point, I think I said something really quite aggressive to you. <laughs> you did. I don't uh, remember. You just get more... I don't want that outtake to get shared. I get cancelled, I think. <laughs> what surprised you this year? That we published a book. <laughs> oh yeah i know how was that this year so in january if you don't know maybe if you're a more recent listener we published our second book and it went quite well it was the no times bestseller called you coach you but the experience of that and then just the length of this year which i appreciate 12 months is 12 months but it hasn't felt like 12 months it felt like they've stretched to the previous word of the year but yeah we published a book this year congratulations yeah there you go to be fair that i am very, very proud of. Me too. I'm almost surprised sometimes. You know, when you go back and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, that was good. That that page is good. That's a good coach yourself question. That's a, And I love hearing when people tell us they've read Squiggly or You Coach You and it's helped them. Those the moments best. where it has felt hard this year, just know if you have ever written a review for the podcast or got in touch with us about like reading one of those books, honestly, that is what keeps us going. That's what makes us think, oh yeah, it is all worth it because we are being useful and we are making Squiggly Careers better for everyone. So thank you to everybody who's done that. Who's a new connection that you've been inspired by? Well, this is a bit recency bias, definitely, because I met with him last week. But I also <laughs> met with him in January. So it sort of oh, closes okay. the loop on the point. So James Rutledge, who was previously the CEO of Sanctus, spoke at our book launch for You Coach You in London, along with Adrian Herbert. And then I met with him again last week in London because we discovered that we both have a connection from where we are from, Stoke-on-Trent. And I was just really inspired by the journey that he's gone on. So, you know, he built a business, scaled it, and then he stepped away from that business as CEO. He remains on the board, contributing to it. He's moved back to Staffordshire because he believes there is an opportunity to shine more of a spotlight on Stoke-on-Trent and the creative talent there. And this person that is getting clearer and clearer about the value that they add, which is that he's great at starting things off and creating energy around something, and then sort of constantly reinventing his career while keeping the strength that he brings at the heart of it. I found it really inspiring that he's not defined by one thing. He's sort of doing a lot of what we talk about in terms of transferring the talent. So mm. yeah, I'm inspired by him. I mean, he wrote a great book, didn't he? Mental Health at Work, I think it's yes, called. Yes, for one of Penguin Business's kind of shorter books. So yeah, good read on mental health. Great. So hopefully that helps to get you started. I think they are, I mean, I say they're quick fire. They weren't that quick, were they? But I do think knowing a word to describe your year generally, a word to describe your year at work, and then maybe a word to describe if you've got a close relationship with someone you work with, that can be really helpful. Think about when have you had your most fun? It's a really good question. I think fun and play at work is so important. And if you can't think of those examples, I think that also helps you tells you something and if you can think of loads of examples again that gives you probably a good lift the surprise one is interesting you know something that just like was a bit left field or you hadn't expected and that new connection I think probably like Helen Knight has prompted us both sort of you know when those conversations are brilliant you really remember them but if you're not having enough you sort of feel their loss So we are now going to get into our five squiggly skill areas for you to reflect on the year so we'll go through each one 
So for some of these, we're both going to talk about them, but for some, we're going to alternate just because this feels very much about us, but it is really more about you. (laughs) We want you to all be thinking about your years, though, as always with these podcasts, it definitely helps us a lot as well. So we're going to start with strengths. I'm just going to talk to Helen about strengths and then we're both going to do values. So for strengths, three questions for you all to have a think about. When have you been at your best? Who are you sharing your strengths with? And how could you use your strengths more in 2023? And then using your reflections on those three coaching questions to just summarize by thinking, my strengths action is dot, dot, dot. So Helen, where did you get to on strengths? So I said, when have I been at my best? I think in the programs that we deliver for clients. So in that moment, no matter what's been going on in work Mm. outside of it, in that moment, I've been present and I believe that I've delivered a high energy, high effectiveness career development sessions. I've been really proud of those moments. And there's been a lot of them this year. So I felt good about that. Who am I sharing my strengths with? So at the moment, brilliant person that I'm sort of mentoring called Marie, who is looking to develop and grow her business in lots of different ways. And I feel like I've got lots of ideas and suggestions and ways of making her ideas happen that I'm quite excited to do to support her with. It's giving me lots of energy to do that. And how could I use my strengths more in 2023? I had an idea that I've not talked to you about, which is about helping one person a month. It sounds a bit weird because I kind of we have sessions and we'll have like sometimes a thousand people in a session and you're like well you're helping quite a lot of people at once then but for me there's something in the one-to-one the small bits of help that you give one person that have a big difference to how you feel and so I've decided that for next year I'm going to focus on one person or a pair a month to really help them with something specific they're working on. So maybe someone's trying to write a book proposal or maybe someone is trying to create a commercial proposition. And I've already got the first three people in mind. They're not necessarily going to know that they're on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Do do they even actually need any help? Or are you just going to be like, you're you're getting helped whether you want want it or not? I think you need some help. No, No, (laughs) I think they all have probably... I have asked in some way and I I probably haven't sort of made that specific commitment but in my mind I'm going to put the date in the diary like I already know one person I'm doing with in January I will sit down with somebody else in February who I talked to towards the end of last year but I just want to be a little bit more intentional about the small scale help that can make quite a big difference to that one person but also makes quite a big difference to how I feel about my impact it's not Mm. always the massive stuff you know like I think that's I want to keep the small stuff in so my action for 2023 is to create what I'm calling like a care and share list like who's working on something that I care about and how can I share my strength to support them so I want to get that list and just be very intentional about it for the year yeah that's really interesting and I think like you said, sometimes if you're not intentional it either you're doing it but you sort of don't give yourself credit for it or you're just not getting those, you know, those small wins along the way that are always so important. Mm. I've realised this year, and I don't know whether it's just by accident or whether it's just something that I end up almost like offering without realising. I'm really good at helping people to leave well. So, you know, if they're trying to leave a team or an organisation or like career change, and sometimes those can be quite knotty moments in your squiggly career. They can feel hard for lots of reasons. There are just two or three people. It's not It's not like there are multitudes of people, but there are two or three people who I can see that they've done what I would always describe as like an elegant exit. So they feel really good about themselves. They've you know kept really good relationships and they've sort of done that in a way that's worked for them. And I feel like I have played like a really important part in helping someone to do that in a time that is often quite overwhelming and mm. nerve wracking. And so, yeah, it's a sort of very specific thing. But you know, when you start to spot, you're like, oh, I'm obviously 
quite useful in those moments. So again, that's often quite helpful to then think, well, that's obviously using my strengths, maybe about being supportive, maybe giving people a perspective. So perhaps I could do that for more people next year who are in that kind of knotty moment. And then you could think, well, what does that look like? Okay, so the second area we're going to talk about is value. So squiggly skill number two. And this is what we're both going to talk about just because we think it's so fundamental. And also we think that this year has (laughs) played a role in terms of our values quite a lot in terms of our happiness and sometimes challenges at work. So Sarah, one moment you felt proud of? I felt really proud this year when we did an event for our Lead Learn Connect community. So this is a community of people who work in learning and development. We get together every six to eight weeks, pretty much always virtually. And for the first time in three years, we got you know over 100 people in a room together. And I think the reason I felt really proud of that day was the agenda, was the people that we brought together. So that It wasn't really about us. It was sort of what we could bring to that community. And I think what we can bring to that community is curiosity, thinking differently, sort of challenge and build. I think we've got brilliant people in the room to inspire and to share those ideas and to teach people to draw and to do all sorts of interesting things. And I think that is one of the unique things that we offer to the people that we work with. And we put a lot of effort into you know, designing that day and thinking about how to make it a brilliant learning experience. Because you do get that classic cliche, don't you, of, you know, the area that you work in is often there's something you neglect for yourself. So I felt like we gave a day of career and learning of development and learning development to people who work in that area and spend most of their time supporting other people with their careers. And it's loads of work. Everyone knows events are always loads of work and there's lots to sort out and to organise. And obviously we didn't have it in our plans at the start of the year. So we've not created all this spare space to make that happen. But I do remember afterwards just feeling incredibly good about what we'd achieved and the impact that we'd had and that we had been useful. You know, that kind of benchmark that we always have week in, week out, like how are we being useful? How could we be more useful? I felt like we created an incredible useful day of learning and development for people. So I felt really proud of that. Yeah, and it wasn't the moment that I'd written down, actually, we'll talk about those in a minute, but when I reflect on that, I feel like there's something, and it's not one of our values, actually, but there is something for me that we, you know, we do Pod Plus every week, which is something that we do for free to help people who want to dive a bit deeper into their development. That event as well, those people that are part of this community, we put that on, we funded the whole thing. And for me, there is something really important in that sort of generosity of learning that we enable. I feel like that's something that's important to both of us, that we create those moments there people to come to and be part of feels like a big part of our, our brand and how we so do what, what we do. So what did you have? Let's stay oh, with Pride before um, we move on to the next uh, one. So my, my, the moment I felt proud of, uh, book launch resilience. I've written book launch resilience. <laughs> so that does exactly what I've written everybody because uh, I'm not sure I can, uh, my emotions at that time. So the context was when UKHU came out in January, we had a few tough times with the publishing process, some ups and downs with numbers that were being reported and all kinds of things. It was really hard. It, that felt like a very roller coaster month for me of like, oh, it's going well. Oh, no, it's a disaster. And then we had this great idea of uh, putting personalised covers together. So you got Sarah Coach Sarah, which basically meant me for two months with some of the people in our team printing and packing up and posting books and setting up a mini (laughs) operations process that was just exhausting and difficult and then the team got covid during that time like you got covid so like it was just i just felt like that was hard but i'm really proud of the resilience of us all getting through that and that we delivered on all of our commitments at that time. And And we we, sold a lot of books. We sold a lot of books and we did live events with Penguin and we showed up for all of those moments and we sort of covered each other when it felt tough. And I'm, I'm just really 
you know that like you can do hard things i look at those couple of months and i go do you know we can do hard we things. can do hard we, things. we can do hard we've done hard things and we can do hard things and that's nothing like else a... this year we can do hard things <laughs> we can do hard things that was a bit of a proof point a proof point and a proud point for me that we could do yeah. that hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, so the next one. One time, Sarah, where life felt tough this year and what you learned from it. Well, for people who listen to the podcast who you know really do listen... When we did our review this time last year, I talked about having a bit of a meltdown on Clapham Junction Station. So this year, apparently, that's where I have all my meltdowns. <laughs> train stations. So, train stations. I was like, is there some sort of like metaphor in this? Or like, is it to do with like transitionary moments? I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just pure coincidence. This time it was Paddington. Paddington <laughs> Platform 1, very specifically. And, you know, again, it was just one of those moments where everything you know when you can like cope with a lot people talk about that like stress bucket when you do your mental health first aid training I always find it helpful that idea of like your stress bucket gets filled and filled and filled and filled and you know sort of if there's no one turning on the taps to release some of that stress at some point it will overflow and then the sort of that's it that's all you can cope with and that very hard to anticipate for me when those moments are going to happen but they do and when they do they feel so different to hard things so you know we've described well there's been hard things and we found our way through and some of those things have been stressful but there is something very different for me about when I have these platform related mini meltdowns where I feel completely numb for somebody who is quite feeling related most of the time I go completely numb very blank and sort of lose a real sense of connection to work to people sort of like a sort it's of coping a, right it must just be a coping mechanism yeah it must be what was different this year was because I've had it before I was like oh it's that again I mean I will say 
I suspect he doesn't listen, but there was a guy on platform one who saw me walking up and down this platform. I couldn't find a building I was trying to get into, and that turned out to be the final straw. And this guy saw me. He worked for Great Western Rail, and I think he saw me on the edge of tears, I think looking incredibly distressed. I'm, I must have looked really like... Enough. on the edge yeah. and he came over to me and he was like oh hello um I was just wondering like if you're okay and if I could help oh, you and I was just like no I'm not okay you know and you're also like and I cannot tell you how to help me other than practically yeah. I do need to find this building it was incredibly kind because actually all I really needed in that moment was him I did need somebody to come talk to me or I think I might have just capitulated and sat down on that platform in November or whatever it was and what's interesting I think when it's when you do feel that way is letting go of trying to fix it. So I think when it has happened to me before, I've been like, oh, well, how do I fix this? Whereas actually this time I was like, okay, I've got that sort of weird blank feeling again. And you just sort of go, it feels weird, but I do know it will go away. And sort of trusting in that and not worrying about it too much and just sort of letting yourself be for like two or three days. And then like, you know, you do find your way through those moments. But I mean, it's not something I would like look to repeat. You're I'm not, not aiming to for a like train station I'm not, 2023 meltdown. No, I was reading an article about like oh, this is so boring, but um, I was like, I should pick the nice train stations in London and be like, oh yeah, so that one's got like a nice coffee shop where I could have the next mini meltdown. <laughs> but I did. I saw my friends actually the next. I think it was actually literally the next day. Some very very good friends, and it was funny. Like I just couldn't, you know, and you couldn't. I couldn't quite connect with them in the same way. It didn't feel like it would normally feel seeing them. Yeah, and it just took me two or three days. And I think I'm always trying to reflect on, like, could I have prevented it? And actually, I think the answer to that is yes. It was a sort of unfortunate time and mix of circumstances and mix of actions, but it was definitely at least partly due to overload. Not all, but partly due to overload. And if I was being really, you know, if you're trying to do that control versus out of control in a very sort of, table-like way what in that moment was in my control what was out of my control I still believe there was enough in my control that I could have avoided the overload there were some other things happening in my life where nothing I could have done about it and they were always going to be hard and some of those things were kind of more personal but there were some things where if I'd have just probably looked ahead a little bit more been a bit more ruthless about prioritizing it's like said no a little bit more asked for help a bit more I probably could have just turned on the tap a little bit with that stress bucket. So, but in some ways, I'm sort of used to it now. You know, we'll all be excited to see which platform it is and which station it is next year. None of us will be excited about that. Place your bets now. that's not a uh, reality of next year. But I did tell a couple of my friends who had listened to podcasts and they were like, why is it always at a train station? I was like, I don't know. But apparently it is. They are not fun. I mean, I can laugh about them now, but I really, really don't enjoy it because I think I find it so alien to feel that disconnected. I think if it had been any more than a couple of days before you start to sort of reconnect. It's a problem. I think you've got it's to, you've problem. got to, it is a problem. Yeah. You've got yeah. to go and like, got to go and talk to the doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I, I honestly don't think I could feel that way for very long. You know, it'd be a real, like a real red flag. I don't want to make too light of it because I think feeling like that for any longer is, is actually really serious. For a few days, it was kind of copable with and it wasn't the first time that I'd sort of felt it. So there you go. You go now. Oh my gosh. So a time, I, I don't know what I learned from my time. So the question, everyone in case you forgot the question, a time when it felt tough and what did you learn? Sarah talked about one of her favourite moments of the year was when the team got together and not because of the team, that was one of my least favourite moments of the year because Sarah and I had a really 
like just a very tricky conversation about all kinds of stuff uh, in terms of the business, like a growing pain thing with the business. And that was probably like my breakdown moment. I mean, how many times have you seen me cry in the time that we've been friends? Uh, that time? That's, yeah, so like, it's not that I'm unemotional, but I'm, I think I'm quite managed in terms of my emotions. Mm. And there was something about that situation where I didn't feel, and honestly, I can still get upset thinking about it now. And I don't really know what I learned from it. I think what I learned is that when there's a problem... I like to have it out and and not like an argument. It's not that. It's just I like to discuss it. I like to kind of just get it out in the open and then feel like there's an ongoing discussion about like what's going on, how are we doing? And even like even formalizing it in some way probably helps me with the feelings and being like, okay, we've got a red flag situation around this thing because I'm a fixer. I don't mind issues. The issues are kind of unavoidable. But what I do like to do is fix it. And I also like to fix it fast. And that situation was probably, and it's, it's also not fully been resolved now because it's not the most fixable fast thing. I mean, for context, everyone, it's, it's sort of about some financial stuff and legal stuff that you have to like get other people involved in other than Sarah and I'd sort. And it so- It sounds like we're divorcing. Yeah, we're divorcing. If Basically, no, no, we're like, not, oh, God. No, we're not divorcing. It's just it's like, <laughs> there's just some structural stuff. And it's really important and- but I can't fix it fast and I also can't do it myself, which then introduces other dependencies. And I think the year plus that was probably contributing to the emotions and it just felt really, really hard. And so I don't know what I learned from it other than that there are some things I can't fix it fast and I'm going to have to accept that that's going to feel hard to do. And so maybe even calling it out like, this isn't one you can fix fast and that's okay for now. Maybe it's that that helps, but I've found it very uncomfortable. I've still found it uncomfortable since because you can't, I'd like to forget about it, but I feel like until it's resolved, you can't, it's not a thing you can move on from because the issue that created it is still there. Yeah, it was interesting. I hadn't, it caught me off guard because it is so... Un-me. Yeah, atypical in terms of your behaviour. But then I think what I was, in some ways I feel proud of that moment because we had a very money is always hard to talk about like finance is always hard to talk about isn't it but we had a very grown-up conversation and we talked about it very quickly I think we spotted very quickly that also we were feeling very differently probably about because actually we were it wasn't like we were both feeling the same way I think we both knew we got some stuff to fix but I think we were feeling like we had different emotions about that and so I think you should feel really good. You know, we sat down and we talked about it very quickly and we've kept coming back to it and we've tried to, you know, we tried to be really transparent, haven't we, with like where we are and what we need to do. I would observe, yeah, the thing that you just found hard is partly because you sort of go, I just want to move on from it and you can't. And it's the not being able to fix it fast. Mm, I hate it. I can almost see the like, the pain, the physical pain mm. that it causes you to be like, well, I can't just sort this. And I think probably I'm way more okay with that. And just going, oh, that's okay. You know, we're talking to the right people and we're getting some of this stuff sorted. My, just on these moments, yours is almost, it's really interesting. It's very opposite to us because yours is really hard because you stopped caring. Not for long, but for a moment, your feelings disappeared because you disconnected Mm. and disassociated so much from a situation that you had no feelings left. And mine was so hard that all of my feelings Feelings came out. (laughs) Some kind of metamorphosis yeah. went on where I became you and you became me. And we're like, take us back. Take us back yeah. to normal. And neither has enjoyed it, let's be this honest. It's horrible. <laughs> but it goes back to the thing, doesn't it, as well? You can do hard things. And sometimes feeling like, you know, things are not always going to be easy. You can't always fix things fast. Sometimes I think if you just learn that, it doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy it the next time, but you're probably a bit more prepared. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's... 
there's good things in it, but I think it takes you a while to get to the good things. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're bruising. Those moments are bruising. And yeah, you just... You grow through what you go through and you can be more lobster and all those other brilliant things that we said in previous times, but they're not easy. They're not easy in the moment and you can't kind of get away from that. So what does living one of your values more next year look like? Um, so this one I found much easier. <laughs> I have four values, freedom, growth, energy and achievement. And it's the growth one that I really want to focus on, actually. So growth to me means making things bigger and better. There's lots of things that I want to do in terms of how we sort of scale Amazing If in different places and different ways. But I'd also really like that even better if focus to be something that I have the mental space to do because I'm, I'm very often sort of delivering as part of the growing but what I'd like to do is sort of more of the developing okay well how could this be better and what could we learn from other people and how could we innovate more in this area that I get really excited about that part of my growth value next year what about you so my values are achievement ideas learning and variety and the first thing I wrote down actually was when we are making choices and decisions to keep connecting them back to our values, our values as a company and our values as individuals, because, you know, sort of that's the why behind the work. Mm. And sometimes I think some of the time trade-offs that we have to make, some of the decisions we're making about what we do in what order, I think if we more regularly use those values as a filter, it would give us more confidence around those decisions. I think generally we make pretty good decisions, but it might give you an extra boost of confidence. I think it would also just challenge you and like us together from time to time to be really brave about things. We did have a moment this year where we sort of for two or three weeks worked very differently. And that was quite a brave call for us to do because we were going to make less money during that time and we were sort of spending our time in a different way. And I think we both did that because we sort of recognised that we need a bit of space for like ideas and learning and freedom and growth. Like we were both sort of living our values very much sort of in that time. And so for me, it was less about one of my values more and it was more about just continuing to, you know, keep your values really visible, kind of our collective values and our individual ones. And that's sort of, I was also thinking about that for like our team now as well. And then just keep coming back to like, are we growing aligned with our values? Are we living aligned with our values? Because all of those, if anyone's ever done that career graph exercise that we talk about in Squiggly Careers on values where you kind of plot what do your highs have in common? What can you learn from your lows? All of your highs are always when those values are really present. And so just continuing to remind yourself of that and remember that can be incredibly useful. So you almost like as we're looking into 2023 and thinking, you know, the classic, what you're going to do more of, what you're going to keep the same, what you're going to do less of, keeping those values really front of mind throughout. I think that was to help us make some trade-offs because you're always making tough decisions. That was kind of front of mind for me. So just to recap then on those questions on values, it's one moment you felt proud of, one time when it felt tough and what you learnt and what does living one of your values more in 2023 look like? So for the next two, we're just going to read you the questions because we're conscious that there's quite a lot to listen to. And don't forget, as Sarah said, this will all be summarised in the pod sheet for you. So just the things for you to reflect on. I might see if we can create a little asset, Sarah, as well, like a, you know, like a 2022 in review thing that people can fill in for mm, themselves as well. That'd be really useful. Um, something to take away from today. So the confidence questions are, number one, when have your confidence gremlins come out to play? Number two, What's one example of when you've caged a confidence gremlin? And number three, 
what's one way you'll continue to build your self-belief in 2023 and if you want any support identifying your confidence gremlins if you go onto amazingif.com onto our free toolkit which you can get from if you click on learn with us in the toolbar on our website you'll see loads of resources but there is a free ebook there on how to cage your confidence gremlins and we've listed out the top 10 confidence gremlins that we see most frequently so if you kind of if you need a little bit of a a nudge to get to the answers on that one that could be a good book for you to read and then when you've reflected on all of that you want to get to the your 2023 action in terms of your confidence what would that be so for network which as a reminder we describe as people helping people question one who have you been learning from over the last 12 months Question two, what networks have you neglected in 2022? You might want to look after a bit more in 2023. Question three, what do you want to learn from your network next year? I do really like that last question. I think it gives you a real focus for creating connection. And that might just be for me as an introvert who I have to find focus here to make this happen. We have answered these questions as well. But when I wrote that down, that gave me a real sense of purpose in terms of how do I be purposeful about you know who I'm connecting with and why I'm connecting so I think that last one is a really critical question what do you want to learn from your network next year and the fifth and final area and this one we will both answer is around possibilities so three questions here for you to reflect on so I will ask Sarah them so Sarah how do you feel about your career opportunities and options after this year Yeah, it's interesting. I found this quite a hard question that I wrote. And I was like, (laughs) why am I writing really hard questions? What went through my head was, am I more or less employable than I was at the start of the year? And do I feel like I've got more or less options? Because I always feel like you want to be opening up options. I think that's just a, A, that appeals to me, just in terms of my own values, but also I think that's a kind of smart thing to do. And so despite what we've talked about today, which at times people might just be like, wow, they sound like they've had like a really difficult year. I've come to the end of this year and I have never felt more convinced that I'm doing the thing where I can make the most difference. You know, in terms of like, I have found and discovered the work that where I can be at my best, where I can be useful and things that I'm good at that benefit from my strengths. And I can imagine using those strengths in other ways. So it's, can I imagine transferring my talents? I don't actually find it that difficult to imagine that. I think because you and I have both done lots of other things before. But what I'm more interested in is how can I use my talents in a way to support us in terms of that good growth that we want to achieve for Amazing If. If we're here to make squiggly careers better for everyone, how do I connect what I do really well and where I'm brilliant and at my best to help us to do that. that. That's what I want to do. That's what I get really excited about. And whenever I talk to people, sort of from the outside in, it's always interesting, isn't it, to see what people's perception is of like what we do and how we spend our time. People always say, oh, you know, you can just see and hear from you both, you know, when they've sort of seen you as well, that sense of care and commitment that you have to people's careers. And I think that always that is because it's sort of so genuine. We're not making that up and we're not pretending or trying to do that. And so even when it's been really hard this year, I don't want to do anything different. And a friend, one of my best friends actually asked me this year, I went to visit her and she was like, what can you imagine yourself doing now in like five or 10 years time? And I was like, I want to do this. And I have never answered that question in that way before. And I don't want to be living the same year twice because I've that's my favourite bit of career advice is never live the same year twice. 
but I do so I just want to keep expanding and growing sort of from where I am and I can see loads of ways to do that I get really excited about I do also think asking this question did make me reflect on variety is one of my values and I am always better in whatever I'm spending the majority of my time on I am always better if I have something else alongside that or you always have been so when I worked at Sainsbury's I did a four-day week and spent one day on some volunteering and amazing if and I've sort of always had this sort of slightly mismatch within a week that like my working week and I enjoy that and I think I've had less of that this year than I've ever had before because we have been so in amazing if and so in our world and it's needed that for loads of reasons all of those growing pains and all of the good growth and all of the things that we do you know it must be like 97 98 of my time with the odd exception along the way has been fully an amazing if and it's made me think that's not what i want <laughs> as i say to helen <laughs> she's like ah, when you say not what you want i don't quite know what that looks like yet i've got some kind of ideas And I know that will feel hard back to those kind of trade-offs and back to kind of where we are and growing. And in some ways you might listen and be like, oh, that sounds really counterintuitive. But I know that that will be good for me. And I think that's what I've missed a bit. And I think also doing that for me opens up options and opportunities and creates connections. I sort of feel like I am doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I'm really excited about how else we could do that and where else and being even more ambitious for where our careers could take us individually and together. And I think I I want something something slightly different within my working week. And I think I've missed that. I only ever get excited about enabling you. I would just kind of go, well, I know we have a team now. I know we have a business and lots of people who look to us for support with squiggly careers. But ultimately, this business started with you and me. And if I can enable you, I enable the business. So if you were like, you know, I'll make it happen because that's that's what I do. That's my strength. Whatever, whatever <laughs> what works What I really you. like is your initial reaction to that is, is just to go, okay, so what do you need? Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> Decide <fine>. now. <laughs> Don't yeah. make me sit with the uncertainty. I'm like, let me explore for God's sake. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. How do you feel about your career opportunity? Are you about to apply well, for another job? <laughs> yeah. So newsflash. No, uh, no, no, no. no yeah. I actually feel quite excited. Is the wrong word to end this year on because I don't think I think I, don't, I haven't got the energy to be excited. I think I need a break. But I am. I feel that this year has been the year that the business has most felt like a business, an actual business, and not a <laughs> real as, life. Business. Yeah, an actual real life proper business with real life proper business things and challenges and all that kind of stuff. And we've also made some real life business decisions about people that we're bringing into the team. So when I look ahead to next year. I can look at some of the people that we're bringing in and I can see how that might reshape my role a little bit. And what I'm quite looking forward to in terms of this question being about my career opportunities and options, I think my role could look a little bit different next year in terms of how I spend my time in the business. I think I don't need perhaps the same variety you do because it's not my value in that way. What I do want to make sure is that my time high achieving for the business and what I'm quite looking forward to is sitting down with you and almost sort of redefining my role a little bit like in terms of the strengths that I bring and what the business needs if we were to sort of allocate my time in a way that worked best for me in the business what would that look like and I feel Mm. like I've maybe not had that flexibility for a while because there's been quite a lot of demands in terms of on your day on my day in terms of what the business needs but because we're now bringing in people that will be far better at that stuff than me I think it will create some space for me to use that time for us in other ways I can see us maybe March I can because it's a little bit of onboarding and all that kind of but I can imagine you and me in March sitting down and going 
let's redo your week. Like, what do we need it to be? What do you want it to be? And I find that quite exciting in terms of the impact that I can have. Yeah, so it's a hard question, but it's a good one. Maybe. It's a good one. It's, it's a good conclusion one. I've come to. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, so perhaps we'll do this one quite briefly. But when we're thinking about possibilities, we know that people are really pivotal to supporting our progression. And in squiggly careers, no one succeeds by themselves. So it's worth just asking yourself, what curious career conversations have you had this year? And would you like to have next year, particularly with that framing of exploring career possibilities? So these are not applying for job conversations. These are window into other people's worlds conversations. So any that particularly stand out for you, Helen? Rob Pierre at Jellyfish. Oh, what is, I really want him on. I think he'd be brilliant on the podcast. I'm oh, sure we'll get him on okay, the podcast get, at some I'll point. Get, I'll speak to him. So Rob was a recommendation from one of our Squiggly Career Advocates. He was like, I really think you should talk to him. He's got a manager's organisation. And I had a brilliant, I had a couple of brilliant chats with him. Then I was like, we need Robert Lead Loan Connect, which is the event that Sarah yeah, mentioned. So and he inspired everybody because he's just counter to a lot of kind of modern structures of organizations in terms of what he's building at jellyfish and his approach and and i think it's really refreshing to hear refreshing rob i think would be my, uh, my career conversation <laughs> or, uh, of the year relentless rob as i think oh, i actually yes, called him on yeah. the day <laughs> <laughs> that too refreshingly relentless rob at jellyfish but i think um, what he's doing there's really interesting what about you what sticks out I've actually had a few conversations through like a coffee roulette that's set up through a community that I'm part of for people who run their own companies, probably people who are more experienced running their own companies than we are. Companies are slightly bigger than ours, but not sort of completely different. And in the past three or four months, I think because I'd recognised that maybe I'd not had that many curious career conversations, I sort of signed up to this coffee roulette and then literally you just get an email and they're like, this is the person you've been connected with. And then those people have been really good every time at getting in touch with me and saying, oh, Sarah, we've been matched. Should we have a chat? And you sort of think, oh, I don't know, like, when is that going to happen? You know, it's the prioritizing of that chat that I think has been difficult, but I have prioritized them. And I'm so glad that I have because I've spoken to two or three people now from very different sorts of businesses and every single one of them has been really useful. It's really interesting to see what questions they ask about our company. So like that gives you just some insights. Really interesting to hear their reflections. One of the ladies actually who I'm talking to soon like runs like quite posh, I think, hairdressers. Like I'd heard of the brand and I was then I was like, oh, do I have to like sort my hair out before I like, talk to her? Because I'd be really self-conscious. But you know when you just like those curious career conversations have really stood out for me where the thing you've got in common is that you run a company. So it takes you out of your world. So you're less in career development and learning world. You're just more in the, what are the challenges of kind of running your own company, being a founder, being a co-founder. Though I would say one of the really common themes I hear is people are just so jealous of our relationship. (laughs) And I sort of never really know what to say because people just sort of go, I'd really love to have a co-founder. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it is really great. Uh, Co-founder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it makes you, it does make you realize there are some things about structurally how we are set up, which I think have been very organic for us. It's just sort of, we've made those decisions because they felt right for us along the way that it makes you very grateful for, you know, things like we don't have external investments to worry about. You know, we don't have some private equity companies say you must hit this level of growth because I don't think I would enjoy that very much. Mm. And you're not doing it by yourself. So even, you know, if I think about, could I have done the last year by myself? No, like, I don't think so. So some of it is a bit about, you know, like it helps you to be, helps you to spot the good and the grateful. You're like, okay, these things are good and we should protect those things and just how important those things are. And also people asking some really good questions that just unlock your thinking. So I'm going to keep making time for those because I didn't in the first half of this year. 
and then I have since October time and it's been every single one without fail has been useful and then the last question in possibilities uh, which we'll just kind of say this one so you can reflect on it yourself is which of your transferable talents do you want to make stronger in 2023 so just to recap on those questions the first one was how do you feel about your career opportunities and options after the year what curious conversations have you had about your career and which of your transferable talents do you want to make stronger in 2023 So just to finish, we thought it's always helpful just to do a bit of a, we call them looking ahead lists now in Amazing If, which we always find quite useful. So one work thing that you're looking forward to that's on your looking forward to list for 2023 and one home thing that's on your looking forward to list for 2023. Helen, do you want to go first? Yeah, I've got two for 26 because I was like, one of them, I I think you might be like, oh, I don't know about that one. So I was like, I'll do another one in case she dismisses it. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to next year. This is the one I think you might dismiss scoping book three because I think Sarah's like we haven't decided we're doing book three yet and I know we haven't but I'm looking forward to the discussion about potentially doing book three so that's going up there and then the second one which you're not allowed to debate with me is about um learning innovation I really would love to spend a little bit of time and I used to do this in other industries that I worked and I really enjoyed it just looking at innovation that's happening in in different areas and just thinking about oh if we were going to do something really different with how we taught people squiggly skills what would different look like in terms of like the tech that we use and how we do it I think Sarah is so good at learning design in terms of like the questions and how we use visuals and I think sometimes how I can think about how we can use tech is the bit of value that I add as well and just looking at different industries and what do they do and so I'm looking forward to spending a bit of time doing that that'd be interesting and then the one home thing on my looking forward to list is working in the squiggly studio she's got a squiggly studio people I'm very excited so I've moved I've moved to it looks um, really cold and bleak at the moment I can see her on screen it's quite warm but it's very white it's very white it's not very squiggly but I've got a new a new building so we've had various different offices over the last 12 months um, that we've sort of been doing our squiggly sessions from and for me this year as in 2023 I have a new studio space which is in my home which is really exciting and I'm just looking forward to sort of doing it up so that I can feel like I can come in here and I can be work me but I literally have to go across the grass and I can be home me and that just feels like the two things are very connected but also quite nice to have a little bit of squiggly separation (laughs) as well so yes that's mine so you're looking forward to work lists for next year Sarah? The work one is sort of hopefully is realising and seeing the potential as we've sort of described now having team amazing if rather than Sarah and Helen amazing if because I think it's going to make a really big difference. I'm really interested in like how do you create high performing teams, high trust teams to deliver those high performing teams and also how we can share what we're learning almost about creating a high performing team in a really open way. So until now, and we've actually found this year to our detriment, we don't write that much stuff down because we don't need to, because essentially as long as Helen and I know, it's all sort of fine. But once you start to have other people, it's not fine because how does somebody understand what a working week looks like? You know, what you do, what your culture, like what defines your ways of working. And so I'm sort of just, almost like looking forward to understanding a team, spending time with a team, almost like creating a culture that is amazing if, rather than just sort of feeling like we are, you know, either just Helen and Sarah. And then what we've probably done over the last year or so is, oh no, we're we're sort of a bit more of a collection of amazing if people who are all very good at what they do. And we've started to come together more and more as a team. I can see and I can feel so much potential in people and I'm just really excited about that and like what that could bring and what that could become 
So that's the work one. It's lovely. Um, <laughs> and the home one for me is... Is it so, a holiday? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, well, actually, sort of it's connected to that. So this year, I got quite into... My five-year-old really likes looking for, like, crabs and fish and stuff at the seaside in the UK. And we go to the seaside quite a lot. Him and I have also discovered a shared passion for finding sea glass. If anyone's never found sea glass before, it's like you kind of comb the beaches for these, like, small bits of sea glass that look beautiful. So I just like absolutely love discovering all of this wildlife in the sea glass and have got very into it. Me and my son have this little rock pool book and we like ticking off that we found like a rock goby or a certain kind of crab. This year for the first time I got in cold water in a wetsuit, which I think I did talk about on the podcast. Uh, so I'm getting more adventurous by the day. And we now have this like cool, we've got snorkeling stuff for the UK and we've got this cool camera thing where you put your iPhone into your camera so you can do like underwater pictures of, I don't know, a crab or whatever it's it is actually a bit more of the same thing actually when I was thinking about my day-to-day I'm very lucky that I do lots of things that I really enjoy like with my friends and my family and that's really important to me I wouldn't want to lose that I think I've discovered that really in the last kind of couple of years and I've also rediscovered a few things this year like playing netball which hasn't happened all the time but it's happened some of the time and every time it has happened I felt much better about myself and much better about my life and my work and everything so you know like knowing to protect those things that are already important to you I think that's what it reminded me of rather than thinking about newness I'm always quite attracted to newness there's lots of new stuff work-wise in my head but actually home-wise there's not newness there's I want my family to be happy and okay and feel like I'm there to sort of support them for everything that they need and that's going to be important next year because lots of things happening in my family next year and sort of I want to I want to keep going with some things that already make me very happy. Oh, I like that. Also, could be good social content, Sarah. Pictures of you discovering Seagull. No, she's not no. happy. She's not happy with that. I already made you take, take one down this year. Where you, <laughs> a picture of me suddenly appeared somewhere and I was like, take it down. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> how is, my question, as always, is like, how is that useful to anyone? No one needs to see a picture of my, me in my like wetsuit. People like your journey with sea glass. So let us know, everyone. Helen and Sarah they at really squigglycareers.com if you would no like some needs. pictures of Sarah. <laughs> if that's what people are spending their time on in terms of their content, I can give them 10 better things that they could be doing. So Okay, don't email. <laughs> She's going to give you a to-do list. You don't need this. You don't need this, anyone. <laughs> uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening to our reflections. It's actually, we've done these sort of end-of-year review podcasts in a few different guises now, but I always look forward to them because it's a real press-pause moment to look back on the year and in us pressing pause and and learning I hope we share some really useful questions with you but it's also it's a nice thing for us to do and I know that at some point in the future when Sarah and I are older and greyer than we are now we will probably listen back to these and be like oh gosh do you remember that Clapham Junction moment that hasn't happened for 20 years I hope (laughs) hope, hope. but there's a lot of uh, kind of memories for us that are captured in these episodes so thank you for giving us the space to, to share them with you too thank you everybody we hope you all have a brilliantly squiggly and very happy 2023 please keep coming back please keep recommending and supporting everything we do with the squiggly careers podcast we really appreciate it and we love having you along with all of us on all of our squiggly career journeys thank you so much and bye for now bye everybody Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 